Hi, everyone. Welcome into episode number 74 of the Building Up Podcast. I'm David McConnell. As always, thank you guys for being with us this week. On this week's episode, we are answering a question sent in by a listener. So I'm excited about that. I always say it's one of my favorite ways to um, have topics for the show is to to hear from those who are listening and receive a question about the faith or about the Bible, um, something you would love to hear talked about. So please send those in. If you want to learn more about our church in Pinson, you can uh, check us out on our website, agapepinson.com. That is A-G-A-P-E, Pinson, P-I-N-S-O-N.com. Uh, you can also contact us with those topics for the show or questions that you have by emailing us at buildingup at agapepinson.com. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, so here's the question that we're addressing on this week's episode. If perfect love cast out fear, why are we supposed to fear God? All right, so I think what the listener has in mind to begin with is this teaching throughout the Bible that it is good and right to fear the Lord. That is one of the most common ways in the Old Testament that people were were described who were godly. They feared the Lord. And the wicked were often called those who had no fear of God in their heart or the fear of God was not in their lives. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7, very famous passage in the Old Testament says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you want to live a wise life full of knowledge, you should fear the Lord. And we even see this teaching in the New Testament. Jesus himself, when he was sending his disciples out to minister, he told them, you're going to run into people who oppose you. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of people who only have power to harm you physically. Save your fear for God, the one who is able to control life here on earth, but also souls in, in their eternal destiny. So how does that align with a passage from 1 John chapter 4, where John writes, perfect love cast out fear? That's the text that's being mentioned in the question. So if perfect love cast out fear, as John teaches, then why are we told throughout the Bible to have a fear of the Lord? Do these ideas contradict? That's what we're going to look at today um, the best that we can. Let me say to you in commending this question, uh, this is how we learn. Uh, when you believe the Bible to be God's word, that is without error, and therefore it doesn't contradict itself. You're still going to come across times where you read something and, and you say either, I don't really know what that means, or, wait a minute, this seems to say something different than what I read yesterday or last week. When you come across a place where it looks like on the surface the Bible is teaching two different things, I just want you to always let that be an indication that you need to further study. You need to dive down deep. And I think that's where you're going to come out of, uh, come out with or mine out of the ground, the full counsel of God, the treasure that is a better understanding of God's teaching to us. 
because it, it, it is you going below just the surface of the words that may seem to be teaching two different things. And you are going to, you're really going to dive down deep. And I think that's when you're really going to discover that you're learning and growing and learning. So I just, I commend the question. I commend you to, um, always, uh, don't be afraid to approach the Bible with your questions and seek the answers out from the Bible and, and really study deeply when you come across places that you don't really understand or maybe seem to be presenting two different things. So let's go to first John four. If you are in a position where you can actually look at the Bible, if you're not driving down the road or something like that, I think it would be helpful to have it out in front of you. But let's just get the context of first John four, rather than just pull out this passage this verse that says perfect love casts out fear. Let's understand what's happening in 1 John 4. I think that'll be helpful to us. So John is giving a variety of tests, and two specifically in chapter 4, about how you could test teachers to know if they're from God or not of God, and even evidence of your own faith, how to know if you're truly born again. Do you truly belong to God? And does God live in you through faith in Jesus? Like, how do you know that? And so he gives a couple of tests uh, in First John 4. One of them is a doctrinal test. He says you should um, you should consider the one who is teaching. Do they teach in accordance with the apostles, which is, you know, the apostles are those who were commissioned by Jesus to write the New Testament. So is, is, is what they're teaching in line with the Bible? That's one way that you can test Someone, you can also test their understanding of Jesus. Do they teach that Jesus came to earth in bodily form, that he died after living a sinless life, and that he was resurrected in bodily form? Do they teach that? Those are doctrinal tests that you can apply to know if someone is of God and from God. And then the second test that he gives is one of love. Does love abide in us? He talks about the importance of the church loving each other. He's reminded of what Jesus said, that one of the ways people are going to know that you really belong to me is that you love one another. So he talks about how God is love and that if we understand how God has loved us in sacrificing his own son for us and Jesus becoming what John calls the propitiation of our sins or the atonement of our sins. In other words, Jesus was the one who made up for the wrong that we had done. Uh, by dying on the cross, if we understand that sacrifice of God sending his son to die for us, and we reflect that love to other people by sacrificing for them, it's very good evidence that we're in God because his love is in us. We, we're we receiving love from him, and that love is overflowing from our lives into others. And so that's one way that you can really test yourself and know that if you're if you're really in the faith. And so it's within the context of those doctrinal tests that he's giving and those, the test of love, does love abide in a person, that he then writes verse 17 and 18, which is really the kind of the heart of the question today. So let's read verse 17 and 18 together. There he says, by this, and this is talking about abiding in God and God abiding in us. So by this abiding, is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment 
because as he is, so also are we in this world. Let me pause there for a moment. So John is saying that as you abide in God and God abides in you, as you pursue God and you read his word and you spend time with him and you're obeying Jesus, as that's happening, love is being perfected in you. That means love is progressively growing in you. It is going from immaturity to maturity. You're growing up in the love of God. You are becoming more sure of God's love for you, and you are starting to really show that love to others. And that is a maturing process that happens throughout your whole life. And John says that as that's happening, as that love of God is being perfected in you, you will have confidence for the day of judgment because you see that you are as God is in the world. You are love the way God is love. You have a love for him and you have a love for others. And that is giving you confidence for the day of judgment. What kind of confidence is he talking about there? Obviously, the day of judgment would be the day that we stand before God. What kind of confidence is he talking about? Let's read the rest of the passage. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So he goes on to say, here is the benefit of this perfected love in you, that as the love of God is growing and you are getting more confident about the day of judgment, it's because the fear of punishment is being uh, cast out of you. And, and he's very important there because he specifies the kind of fear he has in mind. The fear that has to do with condemnation from God for your sin. The fear that has to do with being punished for the things that you've done. So John is saying, the more you abide in God, the more that God abides in you, the more God's love matures in you. And you progress in that love. It's being perfected in you. And you're loving people better and better and more maturely, even even certainly people in the church, because that's what he has in mind here. But even your enemies in other parts of the Bible, we see that you're growing in love, even for those people who don't love you. And you'll find that you're growing more confident about the day that you stand before God, not confident in yourself, not arrogance, not the type of confidence that says, you know, Everything that I've done, I can't wait to stand before God so I can talk about it. No, the, the type of confidence you're growing in, in is the confidence you have in how much God loves you. That he's loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you and to be the atonement for your sins. And the more you realize that, the more you grow in that understanding, the more you will find that that perfected love of God is casting out any fear in you of being punished. You're not going to be punished for your sins in Christ. If you have come to believe upon Jesus, you're not going to be condemned for the things that you've done. There's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation. None whatsoever. You are free because Christ has taken your sins and you have been declared not guilty. So you can look forward to the day you are in God's presence. You can look forward to the day you stand before God. You're going to get to meet 
God. You're going to get to be in his presence. You're going to get to see his glory. You're going to get to see Christ face to face. You can look forward to that day and you don't have to be afraid of the things that you've done because Christ has died for you. That's what John's saying here. Now, the question is, does that contradict the fear of the Lord that's mentioned throughout the Bible? And I don't think it does. Um, number one, I, I believe it, it tells us that there's a difference. Those who haven't come to know Christ, they should be afraid of the day of judgment. If you haven't trusted in Jesus as your Savior, you should be afraid of standing before God and Him addressing your sins. But once you come to know Christ, you don't have to be afraid of being punished anymore. But there still is an appropriate fear of the Lord that the Bible talks about. In in Romans 8.15, uh, Paul writes to the church in Rome that as a Christian, you haven't received a spirit of slavery that causes you to go back into fear, but rather you've received a spirit of adoption as sons and, and you could apply that as daughters of God, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, which is a very personal term for a dad. And so Paul writes and says that when you're born again, the Spirit of God in you is not one that's going to pull you back into being afraid of God as in terror and dread, like you're a slave, but rather that Spirit is going to remind you that you've been adopted as a son or a daughter And God is your father. Well, we have good, healthy fear of a father, an earthly father. Like if if you grew up in a good home with a good father, this is kind of easy to understand. Or if you've been around good dads, this is easy to understand that children in the home, they have, should have a good, healthy fear of their dad. Not a dread, not a terror of his punishment for their wrongdoings, but rather they know he loves them, they know he cares for them, and they know that because of that, if they do wrong, he's going to correct them. And so they have a healthy fear of their father. That type of fear of the Lord, I believe, is constructive and helpful and commended throughout the Bible. That God is our father in heaven. We don't have to be afraid of him. We're not in fear of being punished for our sins. We can look forward to being in his presence. But we do know he's our good heavenly father and that he is a holy God, that he is a righteous God, and that if we sin, even though we don't have to fear being punished for those sins, he will correct us. And so it is It is far better for us to praise him and love him and learn his word and follow his commands so that we can live a good and wise life and avoid correction. That type of fear of the Lord is commended. I hope you can see the difference between the two, the type of fear of punishment that the love of God cast out and the type of fear of the Lord that is is good for us as his children, understanding that he is our holy, good, Heavenly Father. If if you have 
questions about this, if you want to talk some more about it, please email me and let me know. I would love to discuss it some more with you. If you think this would be helpful for someone, please share it with them and give us a review on iTunes when you have time. That would help other people find the show. Until next time, church, thank you for being with us. Grace and peace to your family. Thank you for listening to the Building Up Podcast, a ministry of Agape Church in Pinson, Alabama. If you have a question about today's podcast or would like to suggest a topic for the future, please email us, buildingup at agapepinson.com. To subscribe to this podcast, simply search for Building Up from Agape Church in your favorite podcast app. Son, I'm giving